So imagine you're at a fancy restaurant and your delicious meal has just arrived at the table. You're so excited to dig in. When all of a sudden, from behind you, you hear this really high-pitched whining sound. And then a scratching sound. And then there's this waft of air that brings in this musty smell that just reminds you of the pet shop that you used to visit when you were a kid. And you turn around to see what's going on when you make eye-to-eye contact with a miniature Yorkie who's just about to dig into its delicious meal. And you're like, what? You wave down the waiter, and he really quietly explains to you that normally pets aren't allowed in the restaurant, but they've had to make a special exception for this one. Today on Relate, the lengths that some people go to, the lies they tell, the laws they break, just so they don't have to be separated from their furry friends. I'm Tamara Stanners, and this is Relate by Zendesk. It's a show about relationships, and today's show is no different, except for this one involves pets. Emotional support pets. This is my emotional support producer, Andy (laughs) Shepard. So what's going on here? Well, I mean, you know, folks love their pets. Sure do. And, you know, sometimes they love their pets more than they love each other. I mean, there's there's a statistic out there, you know, 40% of married women who are dog owners say that they get more emotional support from their pets than from their husbands or their kids. As sad as that sounds, I believe that that is true, (laughs) and that sounds like part of the big problem. Yeah, it might be. I mean, some people have become so attached to their dogs or cats or snakes or whatever that they refuse to leave home without them. So Patty Marks, uh, who writes for The New Yorker, she noticed this trend and she started to look into it. I found out that there were a lot of people abusing the laws and taking animals, places that they legally weren't allowed to take them. So let's clarify now. We are not talking about service animals. No, we're not talking about seeing eye dogs, that sort of thing. You know, those animals that are highly trained to help someone with a a disability. We're also not talking about people with depression or who are suffering from PTSD, you know, people who would get significant support from having an animal around. We're really just talking about people who don't want to be away from their their pets, and they've found this loophole that lets them take their animals anywhere and everywhere with almost no questions asked. And they get away with this by saying they're emotional support animals? Yeah. I mean, it's slightly more complicated than that. First of all, there's a confusion about the difference between an emotional support animal and a service animal. So emotional support animals are companions to human beings and help them get through the day, help them function psychologically. They're not trained animals, unlike service animals. And I should say here that there are certain privileges awarded to emotional support animals. For example, the Fair Housing Act allows them to live in buildings that otherwise prohibits pets, which makes sense. And the Air Carrier Access Act will let you, you know, your your animal, usually a dog or a cat, you know, fly with you for free as long as you have a letter from a medical professional saying that they're an emotional support animal or an ESA. But here's the thing. People are 
testing. They're, they're seeing how far they can bend these rules by taking their animals almost everywhere with them, by claiming that the animal is an ESA, an emotional support animal. How are people getting away with this? Uh, it's easy. Nobody really knows the difference. The difference between an emotional support animal and a service animal. And if you break the law and err on the side of kicking someone out who really is legitimately allowed to be there, you could be fined you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. If you let somebody in who has no right to be there, it's, it's a slap on the wrist. And I should know because I took these five animals all sorts of places where I wasn't allowed. Okay, wait, <laughs> what did she do? Like, what's she talking about here? I picked five particularly non-nurturing, non-comforting animals and um, asked their handlers if they would uh, accompany me to preposterous places that animals don't usually go. <laughs> so first, you know, just know that no animals were harmed as a result of, of uh, Patty's reporting. Well, I love hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But she did manage to pull off some pretty unbelievable stunts with five, well, let's just say these aren't your typical warm and fuzzy pets. So the, the first animal that I took on the town... It was a large, large turtle on a leash. Uh, its name was Turtle, and it was, I believe, 15 pounds and 13 inches. I first took it, I think, to Le Boutin Shoe Boutique, where I, I want to take pictures, and I put the turtle inside a like $7,000 shoe, which they let me do. And then when I wanted to take a picture, they said, no pictures of the shoes. So you can destroy their shoes with turtles, but you can't take a picture of it. Then I took the turtle to the Frick Museum. The Frick Museum in New York is a wonderful museum that doesn't even allow children under the age of 10. So I get in line with my turtle, and everyone's looking at the turtle. And I get to the front of the line, and I said, you know, I would like one adult, one turtle. And he said, well, animals aren't allowed in the, in the museum. And I said, well, I have a letter. The guy says, you have a letter? And then he calls a superior and says, she has a letter. And then the superior comes and reads the letter and calls somebody else and pretty much goes through the same thing. It was, she has a letter, she has a letter, she has a letter. Finally, that letter was read by a person who could say, you can go into the frick. But he did say, how old is the turtle? Because as I said, children who are under 10 can't go into the museum. So I said, seven. And he just said, hmm, looks good for seven. <laughs> okay, that... Sounds like the turtle had the best day of its life out on the town. And what exactly is the letter that Patty's talking about? So this is the key. This letter is the key to getting your animal into almost any establishment where they might otherwise be banned. It's a letter from a health professional saying that the animal plays an essential role in the emotional well-being of its owner. Okay, well, how did Patty get this coveted letter? Well, 
she says anyone can just Google emotional support animal letter and find a ton of websites with health professionals uh, who are willing to issue a letter for emotional support animals for uh, around 100 bucks. So Patty found a therapist in California who agreed to assess her needs uh, over the phone. I prepared a lot because I thought that this was going to be a much more rigorous interview than it turned out to be. I came up with my story about Augustus, my snake. I said that when I was a little girl, I fell into a pond and I was very frightened until I saw a snake in the pond and the snake really rescued me psychologically. But ever since, I've had to have a snake with me at all times. Okay, that's a fairly preposterous story, but I thought I'll go with it. So this therapist talked to me on the phone in a voice that you use if somebody has one day left to live. She's very soothing and kind, and she said, how does your snake help you? I said, oh, God, it helps me get through the day, and it's an icebreaker if I don't have anything to talk about. So she was very, very, very sympathetic, and she wrote me a letter that certified that the animal was an emotional support animal. So it's really easy to do. This is the shadiest Clear, thing clearly, ever. <laughs> clearly shady. While you're at it, you can get a degree from a university, right? What is the number? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So another animal that Patty traveled with proved to be the most popular of the bunch. I took a pig on a plane. The pig's name was Daphne. I met Daphne and her owner. I got to the ticket counter, and I show my credit card and the person at JetBlue sees the pig and said just a minute please and gets on the phone and I hear mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a pig yes in a stroller yes yes and then she, she says just a minute and she asks me does it run fast and I said no although in fact it runs really fast Wait, how fast do pigs really run? Well, I, you know, I looked this one up, and <laughs> apparently domesticated pigs are pretty good sprinters, and they can get up to around 11 miles an hour. Oh, that's so <laughs> fast. Imagine that running down the aisle, and that could be a problem. It's like traveling with a toddler. Yes. <laughs> but, but Patty had the pig pretty securely strapped into a baby carriage, so they were good to go for the time being. And we're going through the airport, rolling it in its stroller. We get to security, and... One of the um, security guards says to another, Hey, Frank, I didn't know you had a sister. So aside from the pig behaving, you know, like like a pig, uh, the flight went pretty smoothly. And once Patty arrived at her destination, it was Daphne's time to shine and uh, rub elbows with some high society types. Then we went to tea at the Four Seasons. And I roll the pig in in its stroller. So you can't exactly see what it is at that point. And two very proper ladies walk by, and one of them says, My God, do you know that your baby is oinking? We sat down and we had tea, and Sophie fed the pig some scones, but we, we drew the line at the prosciutto sandwiches. I said to the waiter, Have you ever had a pig in here before? And he said, oh, not, on, not on four feet. And then we went back, and that was the end of my um, 
my animal adventures. I've been wanting to get jury duty so I can take a skunk in with me, but I haven't yet. So Patty's able to get a turtle into a museum that kids aren't even allowed and a pig to high tea at the Four Seasons. And no one refused her. Nobody. It's, it's amazing, isn't yeah. it? I mean, and there's more, too. Like, you know, remember Patty's conversation with a therapist to register her pet snake, Augustus, as an emotional support companion. Well, she took Augustus, who is a yellow, black, and red, 30-inch-long Mexican milk snake, on a couple of adventures. And their first stop was... Chanel, of course, <laughs> of course <it> <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> Where a salesperson showed her wallets that would match Augustus's skin. <laughs> what? Like, if, that seems so wrong know, on so I many know, levels. I know, I know. Think of it from the snake's perspective. Right. That's what I was doing. <laughs> uh, so, so her next stop with Augustus was the only time Patty was ever refused entry anywhere. I think there was one person at a fancy restaurant, the maitre d', who just said... I will not allow a snake in this restaurant. And I said, but it's an emotional support snake. And he said, I don't care. Um, And I said, you're breaking the law, but he didn't care. And I was also lying. So what does all of this say about people and animals? Well, my takeaway, I mean, on the one hand, it's amazing what you can get away with. On the other hand, I'm not sure it's it's right. I, I don't know. I talked to Peter Singer who's a philosopher who does a lot of of thinking about animal rights. And he said, first of all, it's not particularly nice to the animals. Maybe they don't want to go to the Frick Museum. And maybe if you need an animal to get you through the Frick Museum, maybe you don't even need to go to the Frick Museum. Um, So it's not nice to animals, but I think it's here to stay. Patricia Marks is an American humorist and writer. She currently works as a staff writer for The New Yorker and teaches at Princeton University and the 92nd Street Y. Special thanks to Ashley Walters for the interview and for producing this piece. And thank you, Emotional Supports (laughs) producer Andy. (laughs) Anytime. You just need a letter. That's it for Relate this week. Next week, an episode about self-awareness with Dr. Tasha Urich. She's got some useful tips on how to be more self-aware and how that can lead to better relationships, less stress at work, and just an all-around better you. In the meantime, subscribe to Relate for free on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, and we'll get that episode to you automatically. For articles on how to connect with your customers in deeper, more meaningful ways, visit relate.zendesk.com. And for a free trial of our customer service software, check out zendesk.com. I'm Tamara Stanners. Talk to you soon. Relate.